I'm with uh, Brother Bhaktivirajji. How are you? Namaskar. Very good, thanks. It's cold. Yes, so um, you're down in uh, Tasmania, aren't you? Yeah, that's right, Jeff. Uh, Frost tell, on the ground, but no snow. Tell us your journey uh, to joining Ananda Marga and getting initiated. How did that come about? Um, 1974, I was a student in Canberra. Uh, my work at the university there wasn't going so well, and generally life was uh, so a, a low point. I had been carrying around with me for probably a year or two, two books, which I read at the time. That was the autobiography of a yogi and um, Be Here Now, which was a book by Baba Ram Das. He was really popular at the time. Uh, in fact, all of these ideas about yoga and Buddhism, they were, they were quite in the forefront, at least in student circles at that time. Uh, Buddhism didn't interest me. It seemed to be too intellectual or, I don't know, too many big words. Uh, I was quite fascinated with Be Here Now. Uh, but uh, the book I really liked the most and which had the, the biggest influence on me was Autobiography of a Yogi. And I know from listening to other Magis that uh, that book also had quite an influence on them. Anyway, I contacted the university sports club ask if there are any yoga clubs they gave me two telephone numbers the first telephone number uh took me to a room full of uh, middle-aged women doing shoulder stands so i didn't last too long there and the second telephone number took me to a suburban house in canberra and mahima answered the door and uh she taught me bhavanam kevalam and the rest is history right and how did you feel after getting initiated? Uh, a sense of excitement and uh, mostly because as a result of reading Be Here Now and uh, Autobiography of a Yogi, I somehow thought that after doing a year's meditation, I'd be kind of uh, floating on air and have an aura around me. Uh, in other words, I had no idea what I was in for, uh, it was just that I felt like I was starting on an adventure. So um, at some stage you got to hear about Baba and that inspired you to visit him? Uh, well, the first thing that happened was um, I left my job or position at the university and went to do LFT training. And uh, I was there for two months and uh, that was well when I look back on it I think it was probably one of the best times in, in my life I'm incredibly intense um, but uh, you know that that's basically where I, I, I got the feeling and what Anandamaga was about and subsequently, actually, you had quite an influence on me because um, you came back from India. Uh, I was posted as an LFT to um, to Perth. And while I was in the geography there as LFT, you came back from in India. And I can remember you used to tell me about different stories of what happened for you in India and, uh, you know, what being in Acharya meant and I, that was actually as important for me 
uh, as my LFT training in many respects. Never told you that before, but that's how it was. And that inspired you about meeting Baba? Oh, well, there was never any question about that. Uh, in fact, at some point, um, I really thought that I would like to become an Acharya. Perhaps that was a result of talking with you. Um, uh, but Baba had different ideas, um, and I ended marrying Gita, who was a, uh, a Magi in Perth at, at that time. Uh, so uh, this was in 1975 we got married. She had five children, and that was pretty much my life for the next uh, well, the next couple of decades. They weren't your children. She'd already had children when you married her. She was single. Yes, that's right. She had those five children from a previous marriage. And uh, so, you know, I stepped into that. That uh, gave me quite a lot to do. And uh, But we both knew that we wanted to get to India. Uh, it was just a question of when we would be basically get the money together because uh, eventually I got a job, so that that was good. Uh, and then, of course, you know, finding someone prepared to uh, look after the, the children. Anyway, that happened in 1981. So I'd then been a Margie for seven years. Um, but we managed to get the money together and fly to Calcutta. Um, by that stage, Calcutta... Uh, or Anandamag was already a uh, Baba's out of jail, but Anandamag was still uh, in the in the bad books in India. But we got through the customs okay in um, in Calcutta, and uh, yes, we arrived uh, at Baba's house. I, actually, it was outside of the uh, office in Jodhpur Park. I think it was uh, it was my first sight of Boa and I can remember he got out of the car very businesslike fashion and st strode into the office and we all did namaskar and said bhavanam ka was singing kirtan bhavanam kevalam that was uh, that was my first sight of Boa and then um when you saw him get out of the car did you did he create any particular feeling in you or so you're just thinking more uh, objectively uh, at at that that stage, um, I think I was just thinking a bit more objectively, just watching. Uh, uh, he was dressed in white and he looked very majestic, I have to say. Um, but it was like he wasn't, he seemed to be in a very businesslike mood. There was no his, uh, no stopping and doing the namaskars to everyone. Um, uh, there was one other time I can remember he got out of the car and uh, it in the same uh, at the same place walking into the office business like and uh, this was maybe two or three days later and, and I shouted out Namaskar Baba quite loud and I don't know where I got the courage from to do that but anyway he actually stopped and turned around and said Namaskar and uh Anyway, that was probably the first time that we had a, a direct interaction. But uh, again, it was all, it was a business, it felt like, at that at that time. Well, I wasn't surprised because I'd already, you know, we had been through the years of every day there seemed to be a new organisation Bubba was starting. Uh, it was a very exciting time, actually. Um, 
you know, there was a new new philosophical idea coming out every day. There was a new organization started. Uh, PCAP was started and also cheap literature. And for whatever reason, uh, uh, I put PCAP and cheap literature into the same administrative unit. And I was made a global secretary or something, uh, or sectorial secretary of PCAP and cheap literature. And I often wondered about that because, you know, my, my training had been um, as a biologist and I, I enjoyed uh, writing. So it was like I used to think that Bubba actually created PCAP and cheap literature, put them together just for me. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I, you might not believe it, but I think it's true. Of course, I wanted uh, personal contact, and you had to put your name down on a list, which I did. And it was, uh, you know, it was told it's extremely difficult to get uh, personal contact, and you've got to be ready at a moment's notice uh, because you only get one opportunity. So uh, the big dilemma for me was that I found it extremely difficult to stay clean uh, in uh, in India. You know, when Baba came back from Philbrook, you'd have to sit down on the ground. It was covered in dust and oil, and and I got dirty very quickly. So I I had a pair of clean white clothes which I had to um, keep in my in my suitcase, quite separate, and. Those were what I was going to wear for personal contact. Uh, it was a big worry for me is that how was I at a moment's notice going to get my white clothes on and be ready? Uh, and, you know, so went by. I can't remember now. Maybe it was two weeks. Gita and I were there for four weeks. Uh, we arrived on Friday the 13th and left on Friday the 13th. Um, remember that. Um Anyway, one morning I'm sitting doing my meditation in the DC room. You know that it's under Baba's house in. Is this in Jalpur Park or Lake Gardens? Oh, Lake Gardens, yeah. Uh, the Lake Gardens DC room. I was doing my meditation. And I can't sort of say literally that there was a voice that spoke in my head, but just let's just say it was very clear go and get your white clothes on. So, of course, I was in seventh heaven from that minute. I skipped all the way back to the hotel where we were staying. It was sort of walking distance from uh, Lake Gardens. Got my white clothes on, skipped all the way back. People couldn't, people you know, in the street wondering what the hell I was on about. And, uh, and then I was in the queue waiting for... Uh, personal contact, Dada Ramananda, who was the PA at the time, he was trying to put me off. Oh, he says, you haven't been a Margie long enough. And I said, I've been a Margie for seven, I've been waiting for seven years. And I knew that I was going to get personal contact and uh, and that that it was preordained. And I think he got the message too, because he just looked at me, smiled and put me in the queue. Uh, and then eventually, uh, I was called. I walked into the room. Baba was sitting on a cot on his left side. Um, and I did uh, Sastang Pranam. Uh, and then I sat down beside the cot. And he said, come closer. And <laughs> I couldn't work out how to come closer because uh, my knees 
uh, were sort of up in the air. And then I sat cross-legged, but it didn't seem to me how I could get closer. And he said, come closer. Anyway, I eventually figured out that my knees would go under the cot. Anyway, that took a bit, and he was amused and said, oh, you've got long legs, haven't you? So I said, yes, Bob. Um And then uh, he asked me my name, so I said, Dr. Viria. And then he asked me which country I came from, and uh, I said, Australia. Well, so far, so good. I knew all the answers. Then he asked me what the capital of Australia was. <laughs> I had to think about that. Because uh, well, I, I think a lot of people have said that, uh, you know, they have all these preconceptions. They'd like to ask Baba something and that this and that. And it all goes out the window. And my brain was not working quite well at this stage. And um, anyway, I had to think about it. I knew Sydney was the wrong answer. And eventually I got uh, Canberra. It was the right answer. And then he he said in quite a pointed way, he said, that the, the the human body as a mere mechanical device. And I said, yes, Bauer. And of course, I was thinking to myself, now, why did, why has he, he, he told me that? Um, and then uh, I don't really know how long I was in there, but he uh, touched me on the forehead with his thumb. And then, you know, he, he, he said I could go. And uh, so I did Sustang Pranam and walked out of the room. But um, of course, I was, it, let's just say I was, um, I, was, I, was, I, was I was very uh, content and happy. It wasn't uh, when he, he touched me on the on the forehead. It wasn't a feeling of of bliss. It was just a feeling of uh, let's just say fatherly comfort, something something like that. Um, yes, but I've often wondered why he he, he told me that the the human body is a, a mere mechanical device. I think partly because I I don't think I I kind of believed it because at the time in the nineteen 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, your body was a temple and you had to look after it. And then Bo was saying, oh, it's just, it's just, just engineering, it's just mechanics. It seemed a strange thing to say. But there were subsequent discourses I read, you know, he Bo talks about the mind as a, just a mechanical device. Uh, the body is a mere mechanical device, yeah, under the control of the mind. So the mind, uh, you know, that discourse, the, um, about the chariot and the charioteer, the reins and so on. Also, in the context of biopsychology, the body is a is like a machine, but uh, it has a connection with the mind. Yeah, but also I can understand that uh, you know the body is a temple. If you uh, if you're going to be a good uh, a good chariot, I think a worthwhile chariot, you've got to keep the wheels oiled, and it's you know <laughs> it's you've got to look after it. You also had another interesting experience with Baba, I understand, when you went on field walk. Yes. Jayanta uh, was Jayanta uh, Kumar from Melbourne. He was in uh, India at the same time as I was there. And, uh, in fact, um, I think some of the time, uh, yes, I, he stepped in a small cubby hole. I think it was actually a cupboard. Uh, and I used to sit in, in there with him and talk with him. Uh, sometimes and uh, also he got 
PC probably a couple of times uh, while I was there, and I have to say, I was a little bit envious. Um, it seemed to be quite easy for him to get PC, uh, and he always looked clean. That was always very annoying. Uh, anyway, um, I remember sitting in Giantess cupboard and him telling me, you know, you get PC, um, you wait for Bubba to talk. You don't talk first and i thought to myself yeah you know, that's kind of obvious uh anyway one uh one evening evening field walk uh my name gets called or well, actually i didn't hear it uh, in fact i hardly knew what was going on but i was kind of being pushed and shoved and i got pushed into the car so uh, i was sitting in the front in the middle i had the driver and Bubba's bodyguard with the big stick that he used to carry, uh, he was on on my left side, and in the back uh, back right was Bar, and uh, back left was one Indian daughter who I don't remember anymore. Anyway, uh, there's silence in the car, and we drive out down the road, and there's still silence. And to this day, I don't know why or how it happened. But I opened my mouth and I started to say something. And the bodyguard to my left with his stick whacked me down on the knee. And I don't know whether it hurt that much, but immediately I understood I'd broken the protocol. And my mind went into turmoil. And of course, uh, uh, I was pretty much uh, mentally a, a mess. Uh, and the next thing I'm aware of is that Barra is talking, and then I can figure out that he's talking to me. Uh, and he's talking about the Aborigines of Australia. Um, and sometimes he used the word Aborigines, sometimes he used the word Maori. That's always been a, a bit of a puzzle. Anyway, and I get the understanding he's asking me, telling me, rather, that I should learn an Aboriginal language. Well, I kept my mouth firmly shut, but in my mind, I'm saying to Boa, there are hundreds of Aboriginal languages in Australia. And he says to me, well, then you should learn uh, the most important language. And I'm keeping my mouth closed, but saying in my mind, but there's several important languages. And he replies out loud that, well, I should learn the most uh, important one where I live. So you see what's happening here is we're having a conversation, but my mouth is closed and only both talking. And uh, what the others made of it, I've got no idea. Uh, and then eventually Bhava said to me, uh, you're to learn their language, and you are to become one with them. Do you understand? And of course, I said to, uh, internally, yes, Baba. And then he started talking in either Hindi or Bangla, I'm not sure which, and uh, he was talking to the Dada next to him. And I had the feeling as I was listening that he was talking about something about me, but I couldn't work out any of what it was. Anyway, uh, well, we stop in a park in Calcutta somewhere. Baba had his drink. I can remember we had to get out of the car and he watched and he was given a bib 
and he used to he drank with his little finger you know like your your uh, great aunt would have told you to drink a cup of tea with a the little finger cocked up it was very victorian anyway um then we got back in the car and uh after that uh he was Baba was talking with the indian daughter only when we got back i got out of the car he got out of the car and the stutter came to me and he was having a huge big laugh and that was because uh the plants program was on at that time i had taken baba uh two species of insectivorous plants insect eating plants uh which had always fascinated me because they have a a kind of a nervous system so they they're quite advanced in that in in that respect and uh but they're insect eating you know as they're carnivorous and apparently Baba was talking to this daughter about how these plants were carnivorous meat eaters i think he must have said with a bit of a um disgust in his voice and he had named this plant some sanskrit name but the, the, the two names the second name was tamasicus in other words a tamasic plant and this daughter just thought this was a, a huge joke uh, uh um anyway so that, i thought that that was rather Baba could make uh, something uh, something amusing out of a tomasic plant. So that was field that was field walk. Um, oh, I suppose I could add that um, when I got back to Australia, I went to the university I was living in Perth uh, and inquired about Aboriginal languages, and um, it, you know if, if I could learn one, and they said they didn't teach any aboriginal languages whatsoever what they taught was the linguistics of all the aboriginal languages in in australia so it was it was purely a, a linguistic approach but they didn't actually teach a language and it was impossible to find anywhere i searched around in perth for someone who who would teach an aboriginal language now you fast forward 40 years so that was 1981 we're now talking the 19 uh, at the 2020s and there are people writing uh, aborigines writing uh, aboriginal uh, novels in uh, the local languages uh, that the norma of people in perth is an, an author there who has translated king lear by shakespeare into an aboriginal language there the, the norma language uh, and performing on stage and i like to think Uh, and it's something what other people have said to me that when Bowie was talking about something uh well it was personal for me in in one one sense but he was also spreading um a vibration he was spreading some kind of mental uh energy around the world because in 1981 there would have been aboriginal children born in that year that 20 years later would have learned a local language would have gone to university would have learned how to write would have learned how to translate english and would be performing their works uh to a national audience in the 2020s it's it's uh there are uh there are other stories that i've heard baba talking about something and well for instance i suppose like the the fall of the berlin wall baba would be talking about something and it is is though uh he's spreading some vibration and it it comes comes to pass mm. yes. but i have to admit i 
I've never learnt an Aboriginal language. But Baba plants the seed with his voice and then it germinates when the time is right. Yes, I remember talking with Dada Vijayananda uh, about this. Uh, he said that sometimes uh, when Baba was talking to him about things and it would be so many different things, uh, it was such speed and so many different topics, Vijayananda said that he felt like his head was bursting. And I, I said, I asked him, why do you think the Baba talked so much? Uh, and he said that, well, he thought maybe, uh, uh, you know, when you talk, uh, of course, you create you create a sound vibration, but perhaps you're creating other vibrations that are broadcast, you know, around the globe, maybe through the universe, who knows? And uh, they have their effect in their due time. Yeah, well, particularly when uh, Taraka Brahma Mahasambhuti talks, it's more than just a human vibration that's being created. It's like a um, maha mantra with every voice, every word. Yeah, exactly. It's like that. Although there's a, an interesting uh, sequel to the story. Uh, I told my story about Fieldwalk, uh, and I told told it to one uh, woman, Margie, who was actually working uh, uh, in an Aboriginal uh, service of some sort. And I started to tell her a bit about learning language. And then I started to say, uh, oh, and Baba said to me, you must become one with them. But I couldn't get the words out. Uh, I tried several times. The first time she interrupted me, something had happened. The second time, the third person there came in to interrupt our conversation. And I just got the idea, don't say it. Those words were for me, not for anybody else. Well, of course, now I'm telling you so everyone knows. But it's like... Uh, well, I won't tell that's, that's good. Uh, just for me, who knows what all of that means? It's the future. Yes. So, um, Barney, is there anything you'd like to finish with? Were there, were there any more experiences with Baba? Yes. Um, well, just um, I suppose there are times in my life uh, there are very few times in my life where I feel that um, uh, you know, Baba has actually spoken to me like directly in a way that penetrated. So I said, okay, that's a direct, a, a direct communication. One was uh, when we started the uh, the master unit in Mulaney, and you were already there in the in the house, uh, and I was trying to uh, get started building a house. Uh, at the point time, I was unemployed. Uh, I, actually, I was doing teacher training, so I was just preparing myself for employment. But basically, I was extremely poor. I had borrowed money right, left, and centre. Uh, and like in those days, I was borrowing money at nineteen percent interest. That was a that was a uh, a loan from the the ANZ Bank, and I had another loans. For 13%, I mean, these kinds of interest rates, people complain now about 3% interest rates, but I was paying 19%. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, 
I believe Dada Tabhavananda to fund some of his programs. I remember him telling me that he was borrowing money at 25% interest. And uh, so imagine the stress he was under. Anyway, I was under huge amounts of stress. Uh, and like I, it was affecting my health. And I just thought, you know, I'm not going to survive this. I, I can't. Uh, I, I can't can't manage. Uh, I had a huge amount of, of of money and multiple loans to various banks and institutions and people that uh, I was trying to manage. And I remember one morning going to sleep thinking, oh, I'm not going to wake up. And uh, in the middle of the night, Boa came to me very clearly and he said, don't worry about money. I will solve all your monetary problems. And uh, I woke up and a huge weight had lifted off my shoulders. And um, it was like, yeah, of course, <laughs> the problems remained at least for another year or two. But it was like the worry that I uh, that was hanging over me had all gone because I kind of just knew it was going to be okay. So those kind of occasions, they don't happen that often, but when they happen, they're very special. Oh, let's go.